I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, everyone stop having fun. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket. My name's Johnny. And my name's Chris. Two totally average bass players, and we're here to talk all about that bass. As well as answering your questions at home, each week we take a look at the latest news and break down some tones to give you the lowdown on the low end. This week we are plum and chuffed to be joined by session player, content creator, full time, just general music marvel. It's Daisy Pepper. Woo! Hello, thank you for having me. Daisy, hello, how are you? I'm doing good. How are both of you guys? Amazing. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. It's, yeah. Been, it's been a mad week. Um, you've been yeah. off in New York. Is that right? I have. Yeah. Wow. What have you been doing there? Um, well, I had like a three-day holiday. I went to a concert and met a bunch of people. And then I went and walked about the city for about two days and came back home and did a gig. <laughs> <sighs> that jet-lagged gig. Oh, yeah. That was a very tired one. <laughs> Don't recommend. No, 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 no. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, well, I, we've been to... Chris and I both went to Slam Dunk Festival as well, so we've seen oh. lots of bass players live. And I would say you get such an, more enjoyment of being a musician going to a gig because you're like, what gear have they got over there? What are they oh, playing yeah. with all this? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, my fiance is just like straight over red, like <laughs> is not phased at all. I'm like, like nerding out in the corner. I had the exact same thing. I had the exact same thing at Slam Dunk. I was watching, oh, I forgot the guy's name, the bass player of Andrew Shikari. Andrew Shikari were really good. Nice. And the bass player, oh, is he called Rory? Rory something? I think so. The Stingrays. Yeah. Yes, I had a lot of really nice Stingrays. And I kept like punching my girlfriend in the arm and being like, look at that Stingray, look at that. And she just kept <laughs> looking at me going, that's nice. Yes. <laughs> well done, well done. Well done you, yes. Look at the shiny Lego. There you go. <laughs> I had the exact same thing, but watching when I was watching Yellow Card, because the the guy had like a custom nice. uh, Sandberg, and I was like, oh, "Oh, look at this!" And Lily's like, "I don't, don't know what you're talking about. What a <laughs> Sandberger? It sounds horrible." But yeah, but yeah, there we go. Lots of base filled week and travels and all sorts going on this week. Um, Daisy, we like to start off when we have a guest on this podcast with three uh, very simple questions, but um, I'm going to start them off now. Uh, First of all, just so the audience can kind of get to know you a little bit more. If they don't know about you already, which I'm sure if they, you know, if they're, if they're watching this, they probably already know about you. But for those that don't, can you please start off by describing your bass playing in just three words? It's a good question. And it's a very difficult one, actually, because it's kind of hard to feel like you're kind of forced to compliment yourself <laughs> when you're doing this kind of thing. <laughs> Um, Did you not give her this in advance, Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagine if I just I sprung it, you know? Now, go. Three I words. would genuinely panic and not have a single clue what to say. 
you'd be like, really, really bad. I don't know. No. You know, we yeah. like to lift that people up. That is three words. That yeah. is three words. Um, I would say first word, effective. I feel like I can supply an effective baseline that fits a, fits a tune. Um, punchy. Good punchy tones, punchy technique, um, punchy sound. Yeah. And um, I came up with the word zesty. I don't know why. Oh, ooh. <laughs> I, I love this question because it always brings up like different things. Zesty is a first. <laughs> zesty. Yeah. I don't think we've had zesty before. You do get punchy a lot. I said punchy when I was a guest on this oh, podcast. Oh, damn it. I'm not original. Yeah. Oh, no, I think, yeah, well, you know, we are bass players at the end of the day. Punchy <laughs> is always a good term. Why zesty? Is your bass made of lemons? Yeah, well, you know, when like, you know, lemons and limes, they kind of make you pull the, the same faces that a bass player may pull when they're playing their bass lines, you know, ah. a bit of like a, And uh, it can also mean a bit spicy. It kind of implies a lot of, you know, just tasty, tasty stuff. And I feel like, I don't, you know, I'm... I, I quite enjoy throwing a good lick in there every now and then. And I've, mm. I feel like I've got the word zesty before from, from bandmates and everything. So it kind mm. of stuck to me a bit. It's just and like a little then, sprinkling on top often. Yeah, like a little zest, lemon yeah. zest in there, you know, very effective. Again, kind of ties in an effective zesty baseline. Mm. Love it. All comes in. Perfect. Yeah. Love that. Punchy. We all want to be punchy as well. Yeah. Um, when, if our bass tones, that's like the number one. That's like the first adjective about tone i learned and was like oh good i'll, I'll stick to that i want to be punchy and yeah then, just carried that <laughs> that'll, do. that'll do first yeah. one punchy yeah <laughs> that bass tone's got a nice punch <laughs> good no audible in time give over punchy no. as long as as long as i'm slamming through the mix great not even mixing well just bad <laughs> it's awesome. all treble yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> perfect amazing good good job good job thank you um so the second question is, and this might be even harder, uh, what is, would you consider right now to be your number one bass? Oh, this is a difficult one because I've got two very awesome custom bases, like full-on custom specs in my uh, arsenal. And one of them is very recent, one of them is a bit older, so... It's kind of a bit like, you know, you've got the, the newness of one of them that's like, it's fresh and it's exciting, but then you've also got the nostalgia of the other one and the excitement is still there with that. So it's kind of hard to give a, a definitive answer, but um, I guess I'm kind of forced to say my, my most recent one because it is so recent that it's, I'm just so excited about it. Um, I recently got a fully custom Spectre base, a lovely NS5XL so custom it's got a custom inlay on it and i must say they did an absolutely fantastic job on it and yeah it sounds phenomenal and way better than i could have planned could have imagined and it's become very quick go-to go-to base um but i would like to give an honorable mention to my other base that you know also kind of makes it up there which is my custom status graphite s2 um in a lovely fiery red finish and again sounds fantastic plays amazingly and but that's a four string so they're kind of two different two different reasons different pickups different preamps totally different sounds but my favorites nice oh yeah so envious of especially that spectre for me it's 
incredible looking bass as well like thank you because what is it that's on the the pickup covers on there because it I, I got um some 5a flamed maple nicely stuck to the to the front of uh those pickups i kind of thought i could get plain black um but i wanted something that was gonna stand out and kind yeah. of be memorable on it yes and i love yes. who doesn't love a bit of flamed maple on their base you know it just looks great more so, flames the better you know more exactly <laughs> and um yeah i I'm a, I'm a complete sucker for like any like cream pickups even mm. like just the pickup covers you know like that's that if i'm doing custom bass it's having that so like oh yeah that, uh, you know spoke to me immediately i was like yes <laughs> so good and it sounds amazing as well as uh lovely we've been hearing over on your instagram yes um last question um i did originally call these quick fire questions but they're not really it's this one it's a bit of a, a life story one um, so I wonder if you could just tell the audience how you first got started with bass, kind of leading up to where you are now. It's a bit of a, a kind of short story, to be fair. Um, and it was very sudden. I was a, a guitar player originally. I started when I was six and stopped very quickly because I couldn't play, um, to put it to put it simply. And started again, I think, when I was 13, playing a bit of a acoustic guitar, a bit of ukulele before that as well. And uh, a teacher at my music school decided to start up a bass club to get more girls involved in bass. I went to an all-girls school. And um, yeah, we started up a, a bass club and picked up a bass. And he said, you know, you're really good at this. Like, you, you've got a natural talent at bass. Very punchy. Yeah, I've got, you've got a punchy talent at bass. <laughs> <laughs> and you punched your music teacher. <laughs> oh, gosh, like, I'd, maybe not. <laughs> he was like, ooh, zesty. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Effective. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're a very effective bass player at one day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then that night I um, went out and bought a bass and the rest is history. It just spoke to me immediately. I picked it up really quickly and really enjoyed the technique. And I feel like I was kind of not struggling with guitar, but I just feel like I couldn't really connect fully with it. Um, but with bass, I was just, there was something about it that really got to me and I was hooked on it and I was in I, I didn't know what a bass guitar was before that day like I'd never like it just had never popped up in in conversation I don't know why um just feel like my whole 14 years of life had kind of gone by with never hearing the word bass guitar in a sentence which is utterly bizarre um so yeah two things happened in that day I learned what a bass guitar is and I started playing a bass guitar <laughs> wow it's it's kind of amazing that isn't it how it just because you know a lot of people have got a similar story where they start off guitar and then move on to bass and often it's like you know that could be seen as a bad thing but it just clicks that moment you're like oh this is this is it like this is that feeling yeah 100% yeah. and whether that's the kind of cuz the guitar can almost be a bit more i don't want to say free like a bit looser off of the groove you know and you could bit i'll say free just because it's the only word in my head <laughs> around it whereas bass you're kind of in that foundation and yeah. sometimes that's just where it feels right uh, yeah and where you feel like you can really drive it and uh yeah that's that's what i enjoy about it as well so, yeah so definitely lovely jubbly well thanks so much that was our three questions at the start and um nice. now we're gonna jump into some other questions from Ooh. the audience at home how exciting Mm-hmm. 
Johnny, it's time for question one. Well, Johnny and Daisy, it's time for question one. Yeah, don't forget about me. Okay. Sorry, sorry about that. Now, before we jump in, if you would like to submit a question or ask a question, which is technically the same as submitting a question, you can do so on mine and Johnny's Instagram. If you head over there, that's is it what is your Instagram again, Johnny? Johnny Dibble Base? It's actually Johnny Dibbulb Ass. That. Johnny Dibble ass. Yeah. Got it. Okay, we'll go with that. Uh, you can uh, you can find Johnny under whatever the hell he just said, and then you can also find me under that guy on base. Check out our Instagram stories probably a day or two before the episodes air, so kind of like midweek, and we will have a lovely question box for you to submit your questions in. Papa Chris, I just got my own Instagram handle wrong, so <laughs> it's just Johnny Dibble. Sorry. Do you want me to start the whole thing again? No, no. Keep that in. Keep all of that in. Oh, we'll keep it all in. <laughs> yep, that was okay. lovely. Yeah, yeah. We like that. Okay. Jonathan Dibble, professional broadcaster. Then, okay. So, in the meantime, God, this is the loosest episode we have done for a while. <laughs> the Daisy Effect. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. The, the Daisy Effect. It's effective. It's punchy. It's a fucking mess. <laughs> it's, anyway. It's pepper power. <laughs> yes. It's time for... Right. Everyone stop having fun because it's time for question one. Question one. Now, this week, this question, why why are people trying to divide bass players? Because oh. these were always bass players are always asking these kind of questions, alienating users. Mm-hmm. So this week's question is: Is a P bass all that you need? No. Whoa! No. Grow up. <laughs> Who cares? Grow up. <laughs> Next. Grow up, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, that was anyway, incredible. Uh, Incredible, I know. Daisy, impeccable. as this week's uh, Daisy is this week's guest, you get to um, explain yourself first. So, why is a P bass not all you need? Well, I've I own a because P-base. a Spectre is all that you need. Is, I agree, a Spectre is all you need. <laughs> um, no, I'd I'd argue you need a P bass, um, but I think it doesn't give you everything you need. I think it's it's kind of like the other way around. I think everyone should own one or have owned one at some point. Um, because there's a lot of P bass can do, and let's be honest, they sound fantastic, and you know there's no denying that. Um, but you know, I I record some metal sometimes, and there's just no way. There's some of the metal songs I can record, and everything just sound as punchy um, as they do on a P bass or another bass. You know, I think there's just some pickups that are better suited, some preamps that are better suited, some active basses over passive basses, or vice versa. I mean, to be fair, nowadays it depends on the P bass because, you know, for example, Fender are releasing many, many basses, active ones, passive ones, noiseless pickups, and different pickup configurations. So, you know, it's if if you only needed the P bass, then which P bass do you need? Very, very true. It's a good point because, um, I mean, different P basses, just different P bass pickups on their own is an entirely different like uh i'm having a bit of a mur at the moment because i've got a, i've got a really nice godan which is actually a pj but i only use the p pickup and it's a seymour duncan quarter pounder which is a really good pickup don't get me wrong it's very scooped right and i'm currently using it with flats and it's kind of my wedding bass yeah so it's kind of like very vintagey sounds so it doesn't you you know it doesn't really work with that pickup and string <laughs> combination it's just too 
There's just no, there's no flat wound in there. It's just a really scooped sound. <laughs> so that's completely useless. But there is a wide, you are right. There is a massive wide range of yeah. P bases. Um, but yeah, I would also agree. I don't think a P base is all you need. I think it's a really cool corner of what you should have in your arsenal as like a bass player. For me, I think you can kind of do everything on like a, a jazz bass, a P bass, and then some sort of active five string. That yeah. would kind of cover everything. Johnny will, of course, jump in in a second and say you need a short scale bass, but I would disagree. <laughs> or a bass six. But that's you know. the, or a bass six, because that's the argument we have every episode. <laughs> but um, Johnny, what do you think? Um, is a P bass all you need? So, yeah, I mean, thinking in like a devil's advocate kind of way, um, it's you're totally right. A, a P bass, you can do everything on it. Um and from that point of view, yes, you know, you could just have that for the rest of your life and be totally happy with it. Uh, and I came to, I came round to the P bass way later in my bass playing journey. It was the first, my first couple of basses were a P bass. I didn't really know what I was doing. And then I went off of it for years and was like, no, how boring. What? No, thanks. <laughs> how unoriginal. Want... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Don't want that. Um, so I wanted something more modern and clanky and punchy um so very effective yes oh, yeah yeah, yeah 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 it won't give me enough zest so i needed something <laughs> more um citrus in my life so i went away for a long time and then came back around when i just totally got back into the tones because it and i found that it just does suit so much and everything i'm playing i'm just like i just do it a p bass you know just put a p bass in here but that being said at the end of the day these things are tools and they are better suited to doing different things technically you know like you're not going to get your jigsaw to put a screw into something that you need your screwdriver for or, or your your drill for, you know. And that's the way I kind of try and look at it is they each have a use. that uh, They don't have to be a one size fits all thing. For some people, yeah, that's that's going to be what you what you need. You know, you can only have one or two depending on uh, budget or, or space. Yeah, like a P base is a fantastic option for ticking so many boxes. But don't limit yourselves, you know. Yeah, like, try something new. Try something yeah. different. Be be different, you know. And also, I think it can be all you need. It depends what your your comfort zone is. I mean, there's some people that are diehard e-base users, and it and it's all they will use, and that is totally fine. You can use what you want. If you only have one base, then you know, use it for whatever you like. No one's stopping you. Um, yeah. But if you wanted a selection of bases, I think you know it'd be cool to get a selection of different ones different preamps and different pickups different pickup configurations pjs you know having a pj instead of just a p can also be kind of cool because you kind of get the best of both worlds from it um i'd argue it's a bit more versatile to be honest because the second pickup's not hurting anyone <laughs> yeah i think it's just too limiting to say it's all you need but i think it's definitely something everyone should try out at some point in their career or their bass playing journey because uh, yeah. they're fun totally and i think there are especially ones like bigger necks like i feel like it brings a a limitation that can be positive like, yeah. like the tones that you naturally like anything that can naturally bring out a different nuance in your playing or inspire something different that's what i look for in basses a lot of the time like uh i didn't think i'd like the 50s style p bass i got because the neck's so big but actually it makes me play a bit slower it makes me play less which Less is more sometimes, you know? It yeah, absolutely. It forces you to adapt in ways that I wouldn't have otherwise on like a jazz bass neck that's really thin and like really easy to play. So I think it's, 
sometimes those challenges can can be good things you know yeah yeah excellent discussion everyone i think it's about time we move on to the next segment lovely it is time for the news um I'm a big old bass nerd, so I love the news segment because I get to talk about all the latest things and shiny things that we might get in our hands very soon. First up, we are heading over to uh, Planet Fender, where they have given us a sneak peek at almost like a triumphant return uh, of a signature bass. Mikey Way from My Chemical Romance. Yes. Iconic. Yes! I've got a keyboard here and I'm playing... Um, Welcome to the Black, Black Parade. You can't hear it, but... <laughs> well, you're hitting the I'm G. Doing... Ding! I can hear the G. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, his signature jazz bass is coming soon. Limited run, made in Mexico. That seems to be what they're doing with a lot of these, um, with a lot of these new SIGs. Uh, yeah, apparently it's going to be coming... Oh, oh, I've got the date. It says now on Fender's website, 6th of June, which is... Available for US residents birthday. only. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah that... I saw that in little fine print. <laughs> yeah, come Guys, on. Guys, I, I take full responsibility. This bass comes out on my mum's birthday. So um, <laughs> it's my mum's fault. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> well, have you got it for her for a present? Uh, yeah, I've yeah, my mum, who's never touched a musical instrument in her entire life. Well, you know, right. she might like a bit there, of my chem. So I'll be happy. <laughs> True, yeah. I think my mum actually does like my chemical romance. My awesome. mum's well cool. Sorry, I, I'm going to have to interrupt this this podcast for something chris you're going to download yes i am also going to download you oh my god what are we actually going to meet in person finally oh my god sorry daisy about this we're having a moment here I'm sorry, fan, I'm daisy fangirling. this this yeah this the we're derailing the podcast right now are we actually <laughs> going to finally meet in person i thought you already had met <laughs> no we've never met in, i mean you'd, you'd we've guess ne- no, we've never met face to face as in not online yeah you wow. never think because our chemistry is so just so sweet and wholesome you know just, so just so effective yeah. just so zesty <laughs> well it'll it'll be punchier well no it won't be punchy when we meet <laughs> I don't think so. it'll be a very it'll be effective meet and greet <laughs> <laughs> but yeah oh my god oh, we'll talk about this later how exciting that's brilliant um, you what we're just to clarify before we jump back into something else are you there for the full weekend yes okay i'm only there for the thursday okay okay I'm so there. i'll see you on the thursday wednesday the monday baby oh I mean, this is amazing imagine he was like no i'm only there for the saturday and sunday yeah <laughs> oh i know life suddenly has meaning again oh it feels good <laughs> incredible right anyway mikey mikey way mikey way back to this thing Signature jazz bass, very sparse details about it, although it is maple neck, black pit guard, this insane uh, sparkle silver finish, and I think it's going to have a black headstock uh, based on the ones that I've seen when I saw them in uh, Milton Keynes last, well, it's over a year ago now. Which yeah, I saw them there as well, and they were fantastic. Oh, did you? Oh, yes. It was so good. Such that a good show. It was, it was funny, because when we were driving around there, we were like, are we going the right way? Oh look, there's oh hang on. There's a lot of there's a big group of people dressed in black there. Oh and another oh we're follow going away. Emo. Like, there's a lot of emos. I'm follow. sensing a lot of emos. There's a lot of skinny jeans of holes in them. This is the right place. I was one of them. Follow the studded belts, the studded brick road. I was saying that on the way to Slam Dunk at the weekend. I was like, because I went I went to the north one and Johnny went to the south one. But it was like an easy way to find out, like, you know, like when people shout Marco Polo to like, you know, Marco and so Versa goes Polo. 
you can just stand in the middle of a field and scream, "Where are you?" Yeah, <laughs> and just see I'm what. So and sorry. Then they back, yeah, and oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that sounded like the Somerset version. Um, <laughs> Where are you, my lover? I'm so I'm sorry. So, I'm so sorry about that, Babs. It's all right. Um, but yeah, the we had the same thing when we were queuing in the cars and we were like, oh, they've that they've got a full sleeve tattoos. Oh, they they oh, they've got pink hair. You know, you, you can see I it. Can hear someone someone is blasting Ocean Avenue. Yeah. Exactly, you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> that ain't no normie. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, anyway, we're, we're, one day we won't get uh, sidetracked on this pod, but that will be the death of us. <laughs> well, it's still kind of, it's still kind of on the uh, on topic, you know, Mikey Way, Mark M, emo, you know. Well, very well, true. We were, we're we were brand. still on topic. Yeah. Do you guys remember the other signature base Mikey Way had? That really yes. cool Mustang. I yes. think so. It's, yeah, it's a, the Squire one. Yeah. It was, um, I know um, Chris, who listens to this podcast, has uh, got one or had one. Um, and yeah, awesome bases. I I think they go for a pretty penny now because you just don't see them anywhere. And if you can yeah. find them on reverb or secondhand somewhere, then they're normally, uh, you know, upwards of four or five hundred quid at the minute, which <laughs> uh, is, is wild. But there Bargain, we go. Mate. Yeah, there's one on eBay for nearly six hundred pounds at the moment. There we go, oh even more. It yeah. is nice though. It yeah, is nice. it's so I'm cool, to... such a vibe, and yeah, I love that he's carried oh, it on nice. uh, onto the uh, onto the full scale jazz. I'm assuming it's full scale. I think so. I'm looking at pictures of his one. It looks like it. But, but yeah. I think it is. Yeah, that's all we've got to say about that one for now. More sparkles, the better. Um, on to the next bit of news. Keeping it in Fender. Um, they have announced some, I'm assuming, probably uh, American exclusive again, uh, some exclusive made in Japan, the International Color Series uh, of bases, just a P bass and a jazz bass. Um, they are, it's, I think it's four different colors. There's like a bright blue, a bright yellow, a, oh, I'm looking at now, a red and a, I've lost the other color. I just want to say, before we get into this, I don't like them. I'm gonna say it. I think I saw some photos of them, and they're sort of a bit not new. There's, I don't think there's anything much to them. I mean, it's a P bass and a jazz bass, and yeah, yeah that's kind of it. And, well, <laughs> you know, some would argue it is all you need. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're okay. Like we've we've danced this dance before on the podcast, where Fender will bring something out, and me and Johnny will just go, cool. Anyway, but this one's got a thumb rest. To be fair, it's gone the extra mile. Yeah, and it's and it's like one thousand five hundred dollars. Oh no, that's euros. Sorry, so even worse. Wow. Um, Yeah, you know, I'm all for made in Japan stuff. I think it's fantastic stuff. But these colors, uh, I just think they look a bit cheap. Yeah, they're kind of toy colors, aren't they? Bright kids' kids colors. Yeah, exactly. It's like primary colors, especially with like the maple necks and that yellow (laughs) one's awful. Um, The blue one's okay, uh, but yeah, not not really for me. Especially as they just released the what is it, the Sonic series and Squire, the the like super new affordable ones. Yeah, Uh, and they're like similar, very primary colors, and yeah, just not for me. Those ones. I'm all for. I love a new color set makes me really weirdly excited but nah, not someone out there will probably like them exactly (laughs) that'll be someone's cup of tea just not us um speaking of new colors um music man next bit of news good segue there johnny uh good work 
<laughs> Music Man has brought out some new short scale basses in a whole load of new colors. So not a new guitar, just some new finishes. And they did like a little promo video of this on their Instagram. And yeah, I'm here for it. There is some really cool ones in there. I think there's only six new ones that they've got, but it is, uh, oh God, a, a Brulee, which is like an almost, sort of like a, it's, it's, it's brulee. A brulee. So, oh, sorry. You half-wit. <laughs> oh, come on. God, I, you know I, it's bad it when did, the northerner is correcting you. Come on. It didn't have like a, a, what is it, an accent on it. So I didn't oh, know. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have the little the little E thing that I don't oh, know the it name brulee? of. <laughs> so maybe it is a brulee, all right? It's <laughs> a brulee. All right. It's a bloody brulee. Uh Black, is that how you say that? We've got black, white, seashell. No, that one. Pacific. See, I do actually I do actually quite like the seashell. Mm. I the brulee is my favourite. I do like the, the, the um the seashell one reminds me of like the pink bass Dougie from McFly used to play. Like yes. The pink music man that I was obsessed with yeah, as a teenager. Of, it's kind of like a cross between like white and shell pink, really, isn't it? It's like in the middle. If shell pink was a bit much for you, that's the finish you want. Uh, very true they've got like an all black one like a stealth black uh which reminds me a bit of like the dark ray um yeah and yeah but i i really like that um brulee one i think it's different i don't think i've seen that anywhere and yeah i like a i like a burst on a on a stingray i've decided i think it's cool but, but yeah all roasted maple necks uh they're about two thousand five hundred dollars still so you know, a lot of money for a short-scale Stingray. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'm here for it. Uh, I've not played a short-scale Stingray, though, before. Have either of you guys? I mean, I know, no, Chris, you'll be like, no, no. No, exactly. And it'd be interesting, though, to try one because... Now, I haven't played a short-scale, so what is... is Did I read somewhere, like, the advantage of a short-scale is, like, you get a bigger, like, fundamental note. So it's almost, like, a bit more tubby kind of in the sound like it's a bit less like when you have longer scale instruments like you know 35 inch specters you go up to ding walls the big advantage is like more overtones more mid-range more punch if you will in air quotes <laughs> i always i always define the stingray as a really punchy bass like the best thing about it is the fact that it's kind of like it's a stingray and you can yeah. tell straight away it stings so so it's, it stings exactly and just like getting zest in a wound um <laughs> so would that mean a short scale stingray is it mm. kind of missing the point of a stingray it's such a good point actually That's an interesting not, point. i don't know because i haven't tried them Neither. Yeah. It, it actually makes me want the opposite it makes me want them to do a uh, an extended scale stingray <laughs> <laughs> so fan Twenty-seven fret, fret fan stingray. Fan fret stingray. <laughs> yeah, or even just like a, you know, in fact, do they, do they already do a thirty-five inch scale? Do I don't think. I think no. You know what? I think they do because for a while, I wanted to buy a five-string stingray because I was obsessed with wanting um, a thirty-five inch scale bass because I wanted uh, drop oh. A, <laughs> and I couldn't find anything in the end that I liked, and then found the found the ding wall, and then here I am. I see. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's. Yeah, I think you're totally right. It raises an interesting point that the thing that makes a Stingray sparkle, I think, is that clarity punch that you get yeah. and the richness of that note and just the overtones around the high end of what makes it. And with short scales, you almost get a more plucky and 
it's good for like the more like staccato stuff i think or like it sounds phenomenal like doing that kind of stuff i think um so yeah i've not played one my but i it's it's got the gears turning in my head that mm, maybe maybe i wouldn't like one because i do want to try mm. one so, new colors though i'm here for new colors <laughs> everyone loves a new color fresh start exactly we don't if, know if they'll sound good but they if, do sure look pretty if it look if it looks good i can get over the rest <laughs> that's right oh, it sounds so good um, <laughs> it sounds so good i'm really enjoying this i'm loving oh. this yay <laughs> Woo-hoo. yay only only another 90 minutes on stage yay <laughs> <laughs> um speaking of sounding so good uh, nice right pretty good uh the only problem is it doesn't work if we point it out. But that's what I like doing, though. That's You, know. you like pointing out the segue. Yeah, like, yeah. Nice. Fair enough. Hey, everyone, I'm a professional, okay? Just <laughs> over here. Drive that one down. Um, Looser Hand Devices has unveiled a crushing new distortion bass, uh, bass pedal for bass, called the Ground and Pound. Love that. <laughs> Great so name. Good. So good. I want it just for that. I need them um, to create something called Crunch and Punch, and then I'll I'll be sold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, the Crunch and Punch, the, the effective punch available now. <laughs> mm. Nice. The new dark glass Ooh. zest coming soon. <laughs> the new dark glass zest. Exactly. I'm gonna message them about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, got a plan here. Um, yeah, I. I've not heard this pedal yet. It is a distortion pedal. It's meant to be an attempt to uh, recreate uh, Justin Chancellor's uh, tone from Tool. Um, Hello. Hello, indeed. Um, It has got four knobs on it. Um, It's got a mix knob, an uh, equalizer knob, which is a bit of a a tilt balance, a volume, and a distortion. So very simple stuff um if you don't know loose at hand they are a small company i think it's a one-man team um from london handmade in the uk uh and yeah i have got in my hand here their compressor pedal the elma comp which i reviewed on my channel uh and yeah awesome sounding compressor pedal and people uh, have been raving big about them they also do uh really really fantastic filter based preamps that I absolutely love. Um, a bit like a wall bass type thing. Uh, and yeah, they're, they're so, so nice. So I would definitely recommend if somebody's looking for a new distortion pedal, maybe check one of these out. I say that. Yeah, I have I not listened know. to it at all. It might be, it might be awful. <laughs> um, Going out on a whim here. <laughs> yeah. But I thought it was worth sharing that, hey, this is cool. This is this is out now. So yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Um, I don't know if I'm in the market for a new distortion pedal at the minute, though. I've just there's a lot of them bit... coming out, but they're, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. Actually, I'm quite I like a good distortion, and I feel like it's one of those ones you can't really get enough of. Me personally, mm. that's, uh, and I feel like it's, it's almost a subculture of tone within itself, where like <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, I really like this type of distortion or this type. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's always always changing as well what I'm after. So uh, my my windowsill at the minute is full of pedals <laughs> yeah. like, i'll take this big mouth and I'll, I'll have this dark glass you know like yeah all sorts of that um not i'm not showing off that's just i'm just a mess <laughs> no i feel <laughs> you are <laughs> yeah uh, psh, you know a bit of i really like the sound of this pedal like mm. i mean justin chancellor is in my top three yeah, like for sure. you, him between him and Jason, him jason newstead and tim comerford it's pretty oh, much never going anywhere what a trio but um 
What a trio. Of, I agree like, on the Jason Newstead as well. He is by far, his tone was oh, thank, just Thank God someone else immaculate. gets it. You can't hear his tone, but it does sound good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I saw somewhere on the website just briefly, it was kind of like a rat style distortion because Ooh. Justin Chancellor runs, well, he runs several signal chains, but the main two is like a clean Galleon Kruger and then an additional Galleon Kruger that has a rat in front of it. Ooh. And then those are, both are blended. Um, into the front of ours, and he also runs like a really nice tube di kind of thing. Lovely but, stuff. Um, I'm really like I'm really growing on like rat style distortion. I've started yeah, using man. like um, there's a rat in the quad cortex, uh, the pedal, not the animal. Um, <laughs> and uh, I've started sorted, like mate. blending that, but kind of like with a um, like a multi band approach. So it's only affecting kind of like the above 700 hertz, and it's just it's so good when you play with a band with like. Because with the band I play with, with Kim, uh, Kim Jennett, there are two guitarists who are very boisterous guitarists. Oh, Daisy, you'll know Kim, won't you? I do. I've done there a collab go. with her. It's still in the works, but we have. I've played bass on a track that she has sung on. There you go. Yeah. Isn't it a out. small world? I know, right? Uh, but, with, <laughs> but with her band, um, the two guitarists are like quite boisterous in a good way. Like It's very much like, I am the guitar player. It's <laughs> no, very, like, there's lots I'm of the like, guitar player. Then you're there like, I'm exactly. the bass player. It's very much look at me. Meanwhile, I'm underneath going, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, exactly. But using something like a rat, which is just like so like EQ'd well, um, is just so aggressive and it kind of like just pokes through in the right places. It's a really, really underrated style of distortion on bass, I think. Handled well. I agree. It can, yeah. it can apparently suck out all the low end. But yeah. in my application, it's fine. Yeah. They're, I think they're awesome. They're they're one of those pedals that's kind of a it's very fuzzy drive, um, yeah. and that's what makes it like saturate super super well. But then can yeah. also suck out the low end, especially the original Proco Rat. Um, being in a Nirvana tribute band, um, Chris Novoselic was famous for using it in his oh, rigs. Yeah. So I'm that's trying why to I've got one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're. They're awesome. I've bought a couple of cheap clones before uh, and put them in a line selector. And oh yeah, that they're, yeah, they're really, really nice pedals. Yeah, they're they're awesome. And that's and I've grown to learn that that's the kind of distortion I really like actually, is a bit of a fuzzy one. That's why the Alpha Omega from Dark Glass is one of my favorite drives that they've done, is because it doesn't emulate that, but it does have that kind of blended circuit in it. I think it can a bit. I think it can a bit actually because I use I use the AO the Alpha Omega amp yeah and I th- I think when you put the it all the way over to the Omega side and kind of like have a high blend but not too much I drive, completely agree with that one yeah yeah it's super it's really punchy like there's a lot of mid range like I'd, me and Johnny have discussed this before but I I just can't get along with fuzz like an actual fuzz pedal I'll sit at home and I'll play for a fuzz and go this sounds great love yeah. it. You'll play like Muse bass lines and you'll have a great time. You'll play some Royal Blood. But as soon as I get on stage and I hit the pedal, I'm just gone. Like You just can't hear me. You can still feel the bass, but all that, any sort of definition where you sat in the mix nicely, it just doesn't seem to work. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the problem. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. <laughs> but um, a rat, however, because there's so much more mid-range available, I get all of the fun of fuzz, like all of the like, disgusting obnoxious distortion that's like okay everyone look at me now (laughs) like that part of thing but then the same time i'm still present in the mix and still doing my job as a bass player 
I don't know. It might just be me. I don't. Yeah. I haven't played a lot of fuzz pedals. I don't speak very highly of the bass fuzz inside the quad cortex. I don't think it's very good personally, but that's just me. I think fuzz is a, is a difficult one because it changes your changes your sound so much that if you've nailed it and you're in the mix, if you turn that on, all of a sudden you're out. Or, everything's or ch- everything's much, yeah. changed. Yeah, yeah it, it's a difficult thing to um to really get if it's a on off pedal if it's an always on yeah. or if it's for a specific segment then it can work like you've got to be quite utilitarian with i mean record. to be fair i recently gigged the uh, dark glass dfz uh, live because i did a live cover of hysteria and i thought you know what i normally take a distortion because i don't want to get lost but i thought you know what today i'm gonna i'm gonna brave it and take it out for a gig i'm gonna brave it time. i'm gonna brave it and see what happens and i was actually quite impressed i didn't disappear it was it wasn't like you know you start off and you're going all good and then everyone else comes in and then you're just like oh i'm, I'm no longer yeah. heard yay you were, you were like oh let me just get the blend oh no it's in the back <laughs> ah, i know i th- thankfully i did set it up just before the the sound check so that i uh, could make sure that it was set properly but yeah i guess that's the only downside is that the, the controls you kind of want on hand to make sure you are heard in the mix are in the back um but i never touch them (laughs) it's a pretty incredible downside in my opinion (laughs) i know you i know you two have um professional relationships with dark glass uh but i don't so i will say (laughs) that i think it's a really bad idea but that's just my opinion i can i can definitely see like i hear i hear the perspectives of of people that don't like it and i totally totally get it because i can like imagine like i don't really adjust my stuff on stage like i just kind of set it up and leave it and yeah. hope for the best and make it work um yeah. I'm so i just fiddler. leave them I'm, <laughs> I'm a tweaker sorry i bet I you are i'm a tweaker um so, <laughs> so, wow i'm so we can edit that out that's fine uh, so i'm always can we um, uh, <laughs> i am leaving my, so sure. my faith in your ads here bloody hell um so uh, yeah so i'm i'm always tweaking things on stage so for me it's a it's a pain in the bum but, uh, <laughs> Yeah. I am as well because I ev- nearly every gig I do is with a different set of musicians and it's in a completely different room. Like in the last three weeks, I've gigged in a tent, a really nice venue, a venue that was definitely not built for live music, <laughs> and then like a bar that's got some really bad acoustics. Oh, and it's like there's there. huge changes with what I have to do. Even if the bass stays the same, the room changes so much. So for me to use something or to use a pedal where I can't go, oh, no, it's way too much today. Like, for example, let's pretend a fuzz. You know, some venues you might kick a fuzz on and for various reasons, like in terms of like frequency and volume or how the room is, it might just not be noticeable enough or it might be far too much. And I I need to be able to get down on the floor and fix that. But if you're playing at the same consistency, let's say venue, let's say it's always... Um, a theatre or it's always a very good acoustically treated venue you're probably got, not going to need to mess around as much but unfortunately I have to mess around far too much between gigs and moments yeah, that's that's totally understandable I mean I don't really yet take a pedal board to my gigs I, I just in fact actually oh, okay. I, I say I don't really I don't full stop I don't remember the last time I took a pedal board to a gig um, just on the basis of anytime I need to use a tone I either take the E500 um, and just click a little button and I'm there and it's kind of I just take that for theatre show so it's always similar environment like you say or you know if I take 
just one pedal it'll be one fuzz or it'll be one distortion right. one overdrive and i don't need to use any other pedals it were in compressors mm. on amps nowadays and I, I just find that I've, I've kind of eradicated the use for a pedal board recently which is kind of nice on my back and carrying stuff can't lie it's um, a good it's a good point i <laughs> i do the same thing but it's there's no amp anymore at the moment oh, wow awesome yeah most of the gigs i've done now i mean i, I do one occurring bar gig uh, every week that have an amp there for me so don't need to bring an amp lovely it's a fender rumble but you know what like i'll argue this all day with people it's a really good amp i can't yeah, sounds yeah 100%. sounds solid. great the solid stable amp, yeah yeah it works really well no compressor that's the only kind of catch yeah. but everything else is really nice the drive's really good the eq is really good it's nice and loud um and then i seem to have a, a just a string at the moment where everyone who's booked me has been a you don't need to bring an amp we use an in-ear rig with, um, you know, just bring your pedal board and we'll take an XLR out for the front of house. Or with a lot of wedding bands at the moment, they have their own rack unit. So they might have like a, a, a Helix rack in the, in the you know, with their X32 and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, just show up with uh, a tuner and we'll just do the rest on our end. Lovely. Uh, which is also great for my back because I just hate carrying gear. Just hate doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of shot myself in the foot a little bit because you I've, have now. I've done something similar where um, I've put my, I've got the, use the E500 at the minute, um, but with pedals as well. Right, <laughs> just, right. Uh, in, but I've got it in a rack rig. Yeah. Um, so, which is, well, towering over here. No, um, but now I've there. built it so it's too heavy. <laughs> and there's more things arriving oh, no. for it and i'm like oh my god it's becoming yeah and i can pain. hardly lift mine <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like it's it is worth it it's fine um but yeah i do i love the ability of just being able to just plug one thing in oh, it's so great there, isn't so it i'm not I've, having a pedal board it's great like it's just having you put your i've got a wireless unit built into mine as well so it's mm. just literally like xlr in xlr out for the in-ears mix yeah uh i also take a cab with me so i've just got some on stage sound of some sort because i kind of hate not knowing uh what tone i've got until it's too late when i'm on stage and i'm kind of like ah, oh, i've got reverb on uh, at the yeah. minute yeah, yeah um, i've got to admit i am i am starting to miss that yeah a little bit like it's a quiet stage is cool however sometimes you want a little bit of um you want your knees being tickled but yeah. it's actually wow. very interesting that you mentioned that I am stealing Johnny's segue. <laughs> I, saw, I saw his We've got greedy a theft little in the eyes house. light up because uh, we're going to take a musical interlude now and move on to question two, which is um, the exact same topic. So let's get to that now. <laughs> Expertly done, everyone. Good job. Time for question two, as I saw mysteriously hinted a few moments ago. Wow. Seamless. Seamless, thank you. Question two. This is good, this, because we've literally just covered it. So, question two. Custom IEM or stage amp at whatever volume, because that was in capital letters, you want slash desire. Who would like to answer this first? I have to uh, be honest here and put my hand up. Um, and first of all, IEM for those who don't know is in ear monitors. We've just been talking about it. It's when you've 
you got the whole mix in your ears in some delay things. Um, I have to be honest, never used in ear monitors. <gasps> you no. never. No, I, sorry, <laughs> sorry, that's a lie. I have for vocals, never for bass or band mix. Fair enough. We only did it for vocals. So I'm I'm a bit of a bit of a novice when it comes to this this oh. type of thing, but I still have some opinions. So take the take the floor, please, uh, you guys. I'll, uh, Daisy, you can go first, even though you already kind of gave your answer. But... Yeah, well, um, yeah, I kind of gave the answer, but I can, I guess, give some reasoning behind my my use of IEMs. Um, I only use IEMs in one show at the minute. I did previously for another one, but I haven't done that in a while. Um, but at the minute, I'm just using it for one show that I'm part of. And for that, I have backing track click in my ears. Um, and on stage, I also have a monitor or you know, a bass cab that is also giving me my bass tones, um, which I find quite handy to have just on the basis of when you're setting up, you want to test that things work. I don't have to wait for the sound guy to be ready to sound check me. I've just got to you know, plug in a speaker cable and I'm good to go. And I've also got then an onstage monitor mix of just my bass tones that I can turn up to literally whatever volume I want. And pretty much no one's going to hear it because it's behind the wings. And it's just for me to kind of use and enjoy my bass tones. So I quite like that. Um, I feel like, you know, you can really appreciate your bass tones you've got when you've got that choice. And IEMs are cool. I think um, they're not for every gig at all whatsoever. I think there's certain gigs that are much better without and just, you know, you've got that raw you know no click track no monitoring so if things go wrong you're just like oh well you know play through it and see what happens kind of attitude but with iems you're kind of um it's more set in stone you're kind of following that click track it's more some people say robotic i feel like in a negative way but i just say it's robotic in uh, neither nor it's just how it is it's you're playing the same song the same way every time which is not a bad thing um, I, def- so yeah. I definitely feel a lot more precision seems to appear when in-ears come out. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree, though. In a perfect world, I know that isn't really the question, but in a perfect world, I would have in-ear monitors where I can hear myself quite well wherever I want. I can have the click, I can have the backing tracks, I can have as little or as little guitar as I want, as much vocal as I want, etc., etc., etc. But when I go over to, like, bass corner... There's volume, there's more low end. Yeah. I can kind of like selfishly enjoy the sound that's coming out of the amp mm. for me. If I had, if they made me pick, if it was an ultimatum, I would go for in-ear monitors personally. Yeah. Because I, I've done a few gigs quite recently where I've gigged with wedding bands that haven't invested in monitoring. Right. They've got some okay stuff, but they've put more of the money into like the PA and stuff like that, which is fine, obviously. Um, it's their band, it's not mine, it's completely up to them. I'm just hired to play for the set. And I've noticed a weird thing, and I don't know whether this has ever happened to you guys, but I've started noticing a lot. I will be playing, so let's pretend I've only got um, a monitor that they've provided me. That is the only source of hearing my bass tone. I will swear to God I'm out of tune. Like I swear <laughs> I'm completely out of tune. Like there's some, But like not like... It's a bit sharp, as in there is something wrong with my bass. Oh, right. Like, the intonation's gone. It's all, like, it's a proper, like, oh, shit, we're in trouble now. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. 
but then I'll check the tuning and it's perfect. I literally had that this week. Do you have that? Not reoccurringly, but I did have it this weekend when I was like, yeah, this doesn't sound right. And I'm I'm playing it right, I think. Uh, And (laughs) I'm in tune, I think. Go back and check. Yeah, I'm perfectly in tune. Was it oh, sounded like I was like a semitone uh, down, and I was like, "What's going? What's going on here?" I think I know what it is, though. I think what my only conclusion is what I think it could be was so the monitor was really quiet, and it wasn't really a monitor that you could rely on monitoring bass for. It was mainly more of a to get a bit of vocals and backing track up for us, so the singer mm. could hear themselves. It was only a three piece band. Um, I think what was happening was my bass guitar was coming out of the PA hitting the wall and coming back. Oh. And I was hearing that louder than I was wow. through my own monitor. That's so as a result, trippy. there was like a slight phasing or some sort of delay that was a th- tricking my ear into thinking I was out of tune. Oh, that would trigger and me it, so much. Oh my God. It was really, it was really horrible. Like imagine playing an F sharp. It, it felt like I'd done a quarter note bend on oh, every that's fret. Dreadful. It was like just a bit sharp. And then, but I, I, so I record every gig with a GoPro. And what's thrown me is I came back to it the day after to kind of review the footage. Um, and it wasn't out of tune. It was perfect. It was great. <laughs> so, but, but the GoPro was in front of the PA. Interesting. Right. So the GoPro's microphone would have been hearing the PA pretty much at the, at, as soon as we played, you know, the speed of sound. Whereas I would have been getting a slight, like almost like a slight slap back, really, right, against right. the wall and back. Because it was quite a shallow room. It was like a wall quickly and then us. So that was really weird. So God, for that, that reason, make, that I would, makes I sense. Would, that makes sense. Yeah, but it's that's, weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. To be fair, that's, I guess, that's a massive upside to IEMs. It's like everything is just how it is in your ear. Um, <laughs> exactly. I guess the, the only downside, I think, to IEMs is my bass tone isn't my bass tone in my ears. Yes. Um, yeah. So like, it's just giving is you the straight, because, straight DI. Is that because you're get? is that because, oh, you're getting straight <laughs> DI. I was going to ask, is that because it's going to front of house that they do what they do and then you get it back? I, I don't know why it is necessarily. I think it's just because it's straight DI. Um, like I still get the effects, but that's why I quite like, again, having my cab mm. is I do all my tonal stuff on stage there, sort it out. And then when I sound check, it's almost like, um, you know when you plug your bass in DI straight into your DAW and it's kind of just a yeah, bit, yeah. it's just a bit of nothing. <laughs> it's kind of like, that's not my bass. My bass doesn't sound like that. That's exactly that kind what of I kind of get. That kind of sounds like they're just taking the point of monitoring from like the wrong place. Possibly. I mean, I think yeah. it might just be also because with these backing tracks we're hearing, there's a lot going on in them. So mm, maybe they're just giving yeah. me like the the clean... DI without you know I don't know what the specifics are of it but I think you how you hear it in your ears isn't exactly how it is coming from out of house out of yeah, out okay. of front of house oh my gosh um with the in yeah, that you guys are using as well are they quite bass heavy you know you getting well, that feeling I've got an interesting point to do with that so for a long time so for the past few years up until about six weeks ago I was using molds so right. molded molded custom IEMs meant to be really, really good. And they are really good, but there's just not enough low end because there's right. just not enough drivers. And mm. I cannot afford to buy like a six U, an eight U, a ten U. No. You know, that that amount of drivers to give me all of the low end. 
So as an experiment, about, I'm going to say maybe two months ago, I went back to my very first pair of Shaw SE 15s. I knew you were going to bring up yeah, those ones. Yeah. <laughs> they're 100 quid. They're yep. at the bottom of the barrel Shaw headphones, but they're just like a big foam plug that sits in your ear. And yeah. I think it's because it's closer contact with it being a, a seal. It's made of foam instead of like a, a harder mold. I am having an infinitely nicer time in terms of low end because I'm sat on stage. There's no volume, obviously, because this is with bands that don't bring monitors. It's purely in-ears. But in bass world, in my head, it's like I'm stood in front of like 10 8x10s. <laughs> it sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But my in-ear, my other in-ears are just far too... There's just nowhere near enough low end because they yeah. are not bassy in-ears. So, yeah. No, that's yes. a really good point. I've not got... I've never had moulded ones. Uh, the only ones... I've still got my first ever ones, the short but the 846s i've got the i got the top model because i kind of oh, thought okay. oh well you know i'll i can afford those but not not to get the same things but molded because i feel like the minute you get them molded it adds like an extra two grand onto the price for some reason well if if that there's probably even more than really yeah I mean, and like i'm just yeah i just so am i right in saying that those sure ones would have eight drivers they've got four i believe um, four okay which and I I love them. I I don't think I'm ever going to replace them. I they're not again that not molded, but they definitely yeah they sit in the ear like molded ones. Which is why I'm kind of like, why would I spend the money getting molded ones and getting more drivers when I like how these sound and they fit my ears? It just yeah they, they work would, great. I would stay with what you've got personally, in yeah. my opinion, because I think my in ears, um, I'm going to say have two or three drivers. Yeah. And there's just not enough low end for me. And I just don't think you need if I played guitar. Yeah, exactly. If I played guitar or sang, I think they'd be great. I think they'd be absolutely great. There'd be no problem. But I need to hear like the proper like rumble in my ears in order. Otherwise, it just sounds like because I I scoop quite a lot of mids at the moment. I'm in a scoopy mids phase, (laughs) which I'm really enjoying at the moment. But through my in ears, I'm just getting the clack of the upper mid range. And that's getting lost in everything else. Like I already play with so many bands, like heavy music bands, and like my band Dala is like really heavy. So if I was to use my in ears, my non, my actual molded in ears, sorry, I'm just gonna hear like the the clang yeah. and none of the bass, and I'm just gonna get lost. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna know what's going on. And and that's you know you want that as well because there's no better feeling than when you can hear yourself and it sounds great. You're like. I feel like you play better you as play well. Better. Like, I play better. Totally. Wow. I totally. If you can't better. hear yourself, yeah. then it's like you, you're not enjoying the gig at all. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I've done dozens of gigs where you just, you like, just not heard. And even the people in the yeah. crowd are like, were you even playing? And I'm like, yes, of course I was. I couldn't even hear <laughs> do myself. Do, do any of you do the thing where you'll just stop playing for like a bar and see if it makes a difference? <laughs> so I do yes. that purposely on soundcheck. Or I'll play, yeah. I'll play something wrong on soundcheck on purpose so that I can hear myself. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smooth, I like it. <laughs> I do it during the gig as well. You know, it's great. No, um, I do that but... during the gig, but I do it by accident. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, and I find it's a good way of testing. Can I hear myself? Or can I hear, you know, yeah. enough or point. in time enough that I can go, whoop, 
you know, and correct myself. And all of this whole discussion comes about because you're, we often feel like we're in a bit, in a bit of a battle with the sound man where they want it quiet on stage as quiet yeah. as possible. And very rarely have I heard them say, can you just turn yourself up a bit on stage? <gasps> They're, They're always, always telling us to turn down, man. I'm like, well, you're not going to hear me. <laughs> exactly. And, and you feel like, well, if I'm not, I'm relying on you then to give you the mix in my monitors. Otherwise I'm not going to hear myself. So what I would like to see, having not used in is or, or a nice solution, is independent volume controls of your DI out and your amp. So that right. what you're doing on your amp, woohoo, I turn it up as much as I want, isn't affecting them at all. Like isn't Lovely. affecting what they're getting. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Because the worst thing, I bet for a sound guy, they're like, don't you go and turn your amp up. Don't you go and... They're turning oh, their amp up um, right whoop, down, you know. I mean, I can just do that on my amp anyway. I was going to say, my dark glass, uh, the master yeah. and the gain are different. And I Correct. love that because I could, I'm like, I'm just going to turn up my mask by the, but it's not going to affect what you hear. And I always like to say yes. that because they, otherwise yes. I'll go, yes. don't exactly. you dare turn it up. And then I have the love same it. thing, not only with the dark glass, with the quad cortex because I'm using different outputs for different mm-hmm. things. So right. I can sit there and absolutely slam output free because that's going <laughs> to me. And it's I can have I can change it up and down. I can even yeah. do some EQ if I don't like what I'm hearing. Nice. Mr. Sound Guy, or, or Mrs. Sound Guy, of course. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Sound no, Guy. <laughs> Mrs. Sound, Mrs. Sound Ma- married guy. to Mr. Sound Guy, yeah. <laughs> of, co- of course, yes. Uh, there's no... There's no problem. But yeah, the dark glass amp is a great example because that master volume just affects the cab. Yeah. yeah it's which is really, amazing. really helpful. The, the E500 puts it in a really nice, simple way on the app as well when you can just drag and drop where the output is going. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right, I'm putting the cab sim after here and I can independently control the volumes. I love and, it. I absolutely, I, that's why I use it. Yeah, it's it's so good for that. The, I would love to see that in a... And like, like you've got on your amp, Chris, like a physical... Yeah, it's called knobbage, you yeah. know, where it's like one on the front, one on the back. So it's really simple, <laughs> like, uh, you know, simple controls and, and nice, nice and easy. Because, yeah, that's the, very true. That's the battle that you're often playing. Uh, and yeah. I feel like, feel like bass is a bit more difficult for the sound man to get or to get the mix right for you on stage because we want a mix of lows and being able to punch through. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're a picky bunch uh, and more options. <laughs> well, I don't think better. we're asking for much. I just kind of like, you know, want to drive like four hours to a gig can actually be heard. I don't know if that's a, <laughs> oh, know if that's a big ask or not, but, you know. But the only the person dream. allowed to hear it is me. I don't <laughs> care about anyone else. I want to hear it. <laughs> 
Right. Shall well, we? I'm not doing this for you, am I? No, no, exactly. <laughs> I'm not up here getting paid for you. You guys are getting paid. <laughs> yeah, no, right. What's that like? <laughs> I don't yeah, can you yeah, you guys yeah, when uh, when I get paid, I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh let's move on to the next segment. We're here. It's one of my favorite segments of the show. It's called That Tone You Own. This is where we get our guests to bring along a tone of theirs, something that they're enjoying right now or something they consider to be their kind of signature sound that defines them, you know. And we can take a listen, we can break it down. Daisy has done just that for us this week, brought us a wonderful tone for us to listen to, and we're going to listen to it right now. Well, you know, all those words are used at the start, punchy, zesty, effective. I'm, I'm just ticking all those boxes, Daisy. I can hear it oh, all coming out thank here. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, sounds sounds awesome. It's Thank you. Really, really nice punchy tones in there. Um, I was actually kind of surprised because I was expecting some, like, driven, like, really, like, um, high-end thing. And then, oh, sorry, high-end as in lots of high-end, not as in expensive. <laughs> Uh, Coco Chanel. Does, you know? It, I know because it, it does sound very expensive. It sounds lovely. sounds expensive. Sounds expensive. <laughs> That's what you want to hear. Yeah. You know what you don't want to hear. Sounds cheap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what that, base that, is that? One hundred pounds. Yeah, that, that would be my uh, my words to describe my playing is very very expensive. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I loved it. Uh, do you want to kind of talk us through? Um, what this was for and then kind of what you're going for and then about the gear as well yeah sure so i joined a band or i kind of was part of a formation of a band in january this year 2023 um we are called the exile club and we are a group of session musicians that all came together as a collective and created a band and um yeah it's kind of it's got this sort of funky soul blues country it's it's very it's a mixture of genres it's very unique um and you know it's not my normal genre people normally associate me to rock and metal and that's kind of i associate myself with that as well what i really like about this band is that it's got some driven bass lines in it it's got some more low-key bass lines in it um and i'm just kind of i'm let loose they let me do what i want and and tones i want and they every time i play something they're always like yep that's the one you got it and um, that's what I quite like about it. But this this little snippet was from one of our unreleased songs. We haven't released any songs yet, but Whoa. they're all done. Um, it's called Sweet Tea. And um, it's got a funky driven bass line to it. Well, it's not got any drive on it, but um, it definitely, if you heard it in context to the song, it, it definitely helps drive it. 
Um, and for this, I used my lovely new custom Spectre NS5XL. It's got some nice EMG40 DCXs pickups and a lovely 18 volt has preamp. So it's a very, very powerful bass. And people will probably think, how, how comes you're using such a powerful bass for a genre that doesn't, I guess, use too much power? But it's kind of the beauty of this project is using a powerful bass is, is driving these songs and it they just sound so good and songs we've got all uh, are incredible and playing it live again I'm just I'm just allowed to do what I want and using this bass allows me to do that so I thought I get some uh, get a sample of this song because it's got a nice funky bit of a bass line to it and I think it showcases what I'm allowed to do in this band very nicely awesome I mean how many is there two guitarists or is it just just the one and then yourself. just the one yeah there's uh, one guitarist we've got keys two vocals and drums obviously me on bass there's five of us in the band i mean like you said like oh yeah you couldn't have like a uh, a big active driving bass but i think when you've got one guitar as well you kind of have a bit more room to, to fill yeah. some of those harmonics a, a little bit with a warmer sound from a a very um eq rich sounding bass like that absolutely so, yeah i think that's and, where you've got to find that pocket yeah, for sure. And I think with Joe on guitar, he's a an incredibly talented guitarist and you know, he's got a killer solo in this song and in fact he's got killer solos in pretty much all the songs. Um but obviously live when when the guitar goes into that solo and you've got no rhythm behind you, apart from obviously we've got keys as well. Um it's kind of my duty to kind of hold that mids and bass section so that there's no gap. And I think we've we've nailed that on the head. We've only got, I think, three gigs under our belt at the minute. Um, and every single gig we've done, it's just we've all been so happy with how we've managed to portray our songs live, um, you know, with minimal rehearsals as well, not really focusing on tones as such. But, you know, every gig we're, we're bass face central and it's like we're all looking at each other like, yeah, and it's it's just such a raw environment. And it's so, so fun. And I am love that I'm like let loose to kind of do whatever I want. And when I do a bass lick, everyone's like, oh my God, what was that? And <laughs> it's so, so fun. So it's nice to be let loose and do what I like. It's amazing. Sounds like everyone's like each other's cheerleader. Like, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, sounds so good. And everyone's just allowed to do their thing that shines. And, you know, sounds like you're yeah, a exactly. And musician, kind of bring so. out, yeah, bring out your inner session musician and, and showcase that in the songs as you go. Um, and yeah, this song is is one of our favourites to perform live. It's it's just so so fun and and exciting, and the the audience always love it. It's a very dancey song, and I'm I can't wait to actually release it. I hope we release that one as a as a single because it's yeah, it's definitely one I'm really enthusiastic about. Amazing! Can't wait to hear the uh, hear the full thing and uh, and hear more from the band. Hear more bass tones. Yeah, yeah. So. Speaking of the tones on that one, is that just just the bass, just going straight in, or is there any other processing on that? Yeah, so I just DI'd straight into into Logic, uh, popped on a tiny bit of a compressor, and a little EQ pedal on the, on the pedal board on there. That's that's it. It's all. I mean, I I cranked up the treble uh, control on the bass a bit, but it's you know it's mixed between both pickups. I believe I'm. It's mixed between or balanced between. Sorry. Uh, both my pickups but i'm playing on the neck so it's mm. again getting that punchy sound quite in your face and it means you can add a lot more mutes and kind of uh, staccato the notes a bit i like to say 
Um, and yeah, I got a bit of treble boosted on it. And in the, I think in the EQ pedal, I had a bit of mids and bass then boosted on it to kind of give it that extra push. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a Logic Pro, so <laughs> no pun intended there. Um, I'm not a Logic Pro myself, but um, that's sort of the best I can get it sounded in just me recording it. But I, that's sort of what it would sound like in the actual track as well. I think it had a really nice, and I mean this in a good way, it had this like really nice like burp to it. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't remember what, is it, I think, is it meant to be spectres that have that like kind of like burpy tone or like kind of, I don't know how to describe it apart from it sounds like a burp. No, I, <laughs> I totally I know what you mean, really, yeah. It sounds really good. It's better yeah. than yeah. Really, I really like it. It's better than a farty tone. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, Expensive I totally get what you mean. burpy, yeah. not cheap Expen- and farty. <laughs> that is one expensive burp. Exactly. Um, I've I've actually never played a Spectre bass ever at any price point. I've just never, um, they've never been around. In fact, did I try one? No, I didn't. I met up with a previous podcast guest, uh, Daniel Higgins. Oh, Danny, uh, once, and he didn't. He didn't bring a Spectre with him. I don't think. No, you know what? He's going to shout at me because I'm pretty sure he did bring a Spectre. I can't remember. He has sold them now, so I've been I've been nailing at him to to get one again because I'm I was so disappointed in him when he sold his, and I still am, and I've not forgiven him. The man's got a the man's got a problem, and I'm happy going to say I'm I'm happy to say that about him on air. Absolutely, (laughs) I think Um, he knows. (laughs) Yeah, because I always thought I always thought about Danny as like Spectre. Yeah, and then now definitely. he doesn't play a Spectre, and I'm like, what now, is wrong with now you? Now he's a Charvel man. Now yeah. he's a Charvel. He's a Charvel man. I still think there's Again, room for the I've Spectre. Just saying, there's, there's always room for a Spectre in everyone's in everyone's collection, especially now being an avid Spectre player. It's it, like yeah. I just cannot get enough of their tone. There's just there is absolutely nothing like it out there. Like it's, they're mm. just so good. The their Euro line is phenomenal it sounds so, so, good. so glassy and just like perfect like that's, yeah that's the only word i can use really like it's you know and i love a p bass it's far from that kind of sound it's, yeah it's, it's it's everything you want that isn't that you know like it's definitely like yeah, but exactly though that's what makes a good like arsenal of bases you don't you know you don't have to have like 10 bases you could have two or three yeah but i think i personally think it's important to not have I've got four bases that all do the exact same thing. And then looking at you, Johnny, and then uh, one other bass. Like, I think it's really good that mm. a, a bass collection has, you know, like for me, it's like I've got a, a P bass with flats. I've got an active jazz bass, but the, it's got old round wounds on it. And then I've got a music man with really bright, like I keep the strings fresh on that. And then I've got a five string in the dinglaw. Yeah. Nice. Though that for me, that kind of covers all the little different corners that I need as a bass player. I can't do everything on one bass, but I can do everything with those four. Essentially. Yeah. I totally agree. And I'm in a feeling like I'm having a bit of a crisis at the minute because I've got two passive P basses with rounds on at the minute. And I'm Disgusting. like, I know. And I'm like, I'm like, what? I, I don't need this. And they're both like 50s aesthetics like uh, i can't and normally i'd be like right sell the one sell one of them keep one you know and that's how i buy and sell all the time because everything's always something's going but if it's not being used then better someone else using it you know yeah um but 
I can't do it with these. I cannot decide which to keep, so I'll just keep them both at the minute. That's, I think that's totally fair, personally. <laughs> What's the... Uh, what I mean, Daisy, you literally stood in front of, like, 46 instruments. Like, I could just see them everywhere. That's disgraceful. <laughs> You've got a problem. You're making me look like a chump here. Well, I... I- I don't know exactly how many bases I've got right now, but I'm, it's... Which means it's, you have a problem. It's over 35. Um, oh, my God. It's not including with guitars. Don't get me started with guitars. I've got over 80, 80 in, in total. Um, Jesus. But wow. they are all different. Like, every single effect, I'm, you know, the only similar similarities I've got, I've got two Status S2s that are, like, pretty similar specs. In fact, actually, the only difference is the color. I think um, that counts. That counts the difference. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's warranted. But oh, I've got fifteen specters, and every single one of them is different. Every single one. Did I you am, say you've got fifteen specters? I am absolutely <laughs> breaking into your house, one hundred percent. Oh my god! <laughs> I have to call my insurance yeah, you, company. Yeah, you're getting you're getting doxxed at the end of this. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Wow. And Daisy's address is in the show notes <laughs> if you'd like to. <laughs> The link in the description to, for the Google Maps. I mean, I, yeah. I, actually, I actually own more guitars than basses. So do I. It's really bad, yeah. isn't it? I'm trying Definitely to, like, not. <laughs> but I agree that all mine are different. It's like yeah. I've got one Strat, one Tele, one vintage Les Paul, one contemporary Les Paul, and a baritone. And yeah. then two different acoustic guitars, but the two different sizes... And then I've got like my first guitar, which I'm just not going to sell. Yeah. Oh, I regret. I've got. I haven't got any of my firsts. Yeah, I've all my got, firsts. It's you know, I've only got the one normal guitar, but I do want something either something with P90s or a baritone or both of those things. You know, I say just a baritone get both. with P90s. <laughs> I'm the worst influence anyone can ever have because I will. Anyone's like, should I get this or should I get this? And I'm like, just get both. Just, just get both. Just get both. Just get both. Yeah, like get both. Just get both. Yeah, like both. Keep them both. Let's get both. Yeah. Two, two words, guys. Credit card. That's all yeah. <laughs> Finance agreement. <laughs> exactly. Daisy owns Anderton's £64,000. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, yeah, I've got a problem, but, you know, I'm in too deep to care. It's all right. The first step of dealing with a problem is to admit you have the problem. Taken a while. It's taken a while to admit it, but I admit it now. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, this is uh, this podcast is your uh, new weekly therapy. Oh, I was just going to say that. Yeah, we're <laughs> scheduling this in. And, and I've entered the rehab every week. <laughs> My name is Daisy, and I have a problem. Hi, Daisy. Hi. <laughs> I relapsed again this week, guys. I, uh, I bought two new bases. Couldn't resist. Oh God. What? I actually did. <laughs> In this situation, is Spectre your dealer? <laughs> yes. Well, Spectre's A and R is Walter White. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, he's the cook. It's, it'd be Jesse Pinkman, but yeah, still. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> and there we go. Oh uh, God, how did exactly. we get here? Uh, let us move on to our <laughs> final segment of the show. It's time for the big base debate. Here we go. Here we go. Um, I'm well excited to talk about this because this this lives within me on a daily basis, and I've got a really great example, and it's going to make me sound really ungrateful. <laughs> so, bass player imposter syndrome. Oof, How do slash did 
you deal with it. And I'm going to start by saying there's no did because I live this. I live and breathe <laughs> imposter syndrome. Yep. Yeah. Every single day. And I wish it would go away. It never goes. 100%. It will never leave you. It's, it's just part of your personality. There's, there's no, I don't fit in any of these categories because I don't deal with it. I don't think <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> uh, I mean, Daisy, I think it's interesting having, having you on here as well and, and saying that because, you know, I mean, how many Instagram followers do you have at the moment? Like 50 odd thousand? 50 something thousand point I mean, something. You, you're like proper influencer, you know? And Yeah. And I mean, how do you feel with that kind of audience and presenting yourself online does that kind of come with those those uh that imposter syndrome yeah i feel like you're more susceptible to to the the hate comments and you know the more followers mm. you've got the more likely you're gonna get more views um and it's kind of, sometimes i'm kind of like oh i hope this video doesn't do well because i just know i can just like smell the comments before they're even written mm. and um you know, like, the, there's never been a time, I think, where I've posted a video and I'm like, yeah, this is, like, anyone that doesn't like this is stupid. I'm, You know, it's it, there's always that, like, that thought of you're really proud of it in the moment. You go to post it and think, uh, is it actually that good? Or maybe I should just quit my job. And you start having <laughs> a crisis, like, every other day before you post. Um, so it's definitely more intimidating having more followers. I mean, recently, I've, I'm kind of become carefree to the to the follower account i used to be really obsessed over the numbers um but i no longer like you asked me how many i've got and i've got 50 something thousand i i, I honestly don't remember and i just don't track it as much anymore because it, otherwise it just you just go into a crisis of, of overwhelm so it's kind of pointless getting really hooked on them but it's definitely caused a lot more imposter syndrome when it's come to gigging or recording and you, it makes you put a lot more pressure on yourself to to 100%, have that perfection, yeah. perfection totally. in them. I was gonna, I was gonna say. I mean, it's not, it's on a much smaller degree because obviously, because I don't have fifty odd thousand followers. But like, music is my full time job. You know, yeah. like my full time job is I am a session bass player. Yeah. So when I get it wrong, ever, or I get something wrong, I can't learn a song in five minutes, or. I can't because what I have a problem where I hold myself to a disgustingly high standard. Yeah. Too high of a standard, like unrealistically high. You know, this should be perfect. This should be perfect. Don't do this. Don't do that. Um, if you make a mistake out, if you make one mistake in a 50 song set list, you are a failure. You know, yeah. that kind of thing, like just super unrealistic things. Um, and then that leads to like a feeling of like, again, imposter syndrome, like, hang on a minute. This is your full time job you're supposed to be amazing yeah How, why can what you've just seen one of your mates who just plays bass at home just does bass covers at home he, you know he's got a day he's got a day job and all that sort of stuff he's just ported something that looks really cool why is your stuff not as good right yeah you know, that's from a content perspective or for example like but then i'll go the other way where i for the love of god can't be asked filming bass covers at home anymore um i just don't want to but i yeah. know it's kind of like an important part like i've got some pedals on my desk sat here that very nice companies have sent me and i should be incredibly grateful and feel very fortunate that i've been sent a product where that company want me to film something and put it on the internet yeah as like a you know a marketing thing and i can't do it 
I know it sounds really strange. It's like um, I can't get the lights out the bag. I can't think of the song to cover because if it does badly, because Instagram might just screw me that day, because it does happen. Because oh, yeah. I've noticed you'll post stuff on your Instagram where it's like, oh, they took it down. Cheers, guys. Thanks yeah, for that. Yeah, and it's like, great. All that all that effort for what? Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks for that. That only took uh, five <laughs> hours. Cheers. Yep. Like that kind, of, that kind of thing. It's like if it flops, if they don't like it, if it's just not to the standard that it should be, in mm-hmm. air quotes. And then I just can't be bothered with the setup, the editing, the picking the song, learning the song, and then I do a feedback loop of, but you you should be grateful for doing this. Like You get to do this for a job. This is an amazing profession, and there are so many people who would rip your arm off to be in the position you are, and here you are sulking about it. Like You yeah. are a piece of shit. How dare you think that? Th- that's what happens to me all the time. And then I just yeah. have the straight-up the straight imposter syndrome where something will do well. I will do something well in my career, as a musician, and I will just straight up think I don't deserve it, which kind of, as I'm saying it out loud, you then get the after effect of, I can't believe you think that, because there will be other people out there who would love to be in my shoes right now, or love to be in your shoes, Daisy, or love to be in your shoes, Johnny, and you almost feel ungrateful for it. Yeah. You've hit the nail on the head. Yeah, it's it's a mad one, isn't it? And it's a constant feedback loop of a self-contradiction constantly and then that just tires you out it drains you and then you're just left with this kind of feeling of well you're left with the feeling of imposter syndrome yeah Yeah. and what you've said is is totally you're totally valid to feel that because i think we're so used to comparing to one another it's like imposter syndrome is literally just this constant cycle of they're doing better than me they're not doing better than me, so I've got to continue doing better. And that sounds really horrible when you say it out loud, but it's just yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. the grind and it does that to you. And it's it's this yeah. constant feel, the need to do more. And what you do do is not enough and it never will be. And exactly. the constant exactly. need to impress people. and you It's know. really easy to make those comparisons. It's like even just sat on this call right now, it's like you've got... I don't know, 30 times more followers than me on social media, for example, or... You, like you were doing this classic rock show thing the other day where you played near me in Stockport. And I was like, that's a really cool venue. I've been to that venue. I want to play there. Yeah. Why does Daisy get to play there? And I don't. Oh yeah, you're shit, Chris. You know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's, it's so easy to say. And it's 100%. Exactly, exactly. But then it's the, but then like I said before, it's the complete other way around. Like there'll be someone else who will be looking at the fact that I do this for a living. Or there'll yeah. be someone looking at me going, well, he he has a podcast, or um, he's got a really nice bass, you know. Like, a, I want a Dingwall. I want a, a I want a nice PJ Gordon that's made in Canada. How dare you feel bad when you have what I want? And it's just the constant like the shit rolls downhill. Yeah, but I do stand behind the fact that like, and this is for everyone. Like, I tell this to other people who aren't musicians who just have other jobs. When you play the comparison game. You lose every time. 100%. 100%. And for, for me, I kind of I'm I kind of look at it from a slightly different way where I feel like a fake musician sometimes because 90% of the things that I do are online in this room by myself. And yeah, it makes me feel like who am I? Like, especially in the early days, people started asking for advice and reaching out. And, and you're like, who am I? I don't know. I just I have a passion 
and I like to share it, but I, I'm not a fountain of knowledge. And I've come to accept that now that I don't have to know everything. Like I'm not very nerdy at all when it comes to electronics and frequencies and things like that. I, I, it's, I'm, it's not where my brain goes. Um, and, you know, people will ask about it or ask about technique and stuff. And I'm like, I, I don't know. And it makes me feel yeah. like a fraud because I'm like, yeah. oh God, you, these people are looking to me to influence them and to teach them in in some aspects when i just want to shout about the things i like and i'm enjoying and how it makes me feel rather than the technicalities of it i think that's where i'm not this like i said fountain of knowledge that needs to just splash over other people you know um and then that's why joining a band because you know for like the first year and a bit of doing youtube stuff i wasn't in a band playing live i haven't played live music in like two years because of pandemic and all sorts of things and then I joined a band and, you know, thank, thank God I did. It really helped um, <laughs> combat some of that imposter syndrome where I was feeling like I'm not good enough to tell, be doing this for other people when I don't really, I haven't solved it. I don't know, you know. And so uh, joining a band helped me apply some of that stuff and, and, you know, have more knowledge and things to bring along. You know, I've been, obviously been in bands for years, but when you take a bit of a break you do kind of uh you just kind of lose it a little bit or like you can't bring those up-to-date comparisons in especially when in my world when you're reviewing gear and talking yeah. about live scenarios and things like that you know or every experience brings something new to my a uh, new uh quiver to my bow you know a new <laughs> string to my bow even um to to talk about you know and on here you know on all sorts and it's it's this like you say it's this endless loop that i don't think will ever go away because i'll never feel no like definitely that. not and I, no it, and, it, and it probably unless well it won't go away because they'll just there's always a bigger fish yeah yeah and, and even you know even if you're talking like so in in my world you know i'm always talking about tone and sound and gear and that's a never-ending thing for me because my my opinion's always changing my wants are changing and what's new is always changing you know i'm constantly tone chasing that's that's half the fun honestly yeah exactly like, that's the like, part of the job it's great <laughs> yeah 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 it's, it's i enjoy that but at the same time it brings this like uh unease sometimes because you're like well is this good now when's that good you know it's it adds a layer of complication i think and, and i mean i don't know uh, about you guys but the whole influencer thing happened completely by accident for me like i didn't start to be a full-time bassist because I wanted to be an influencer or because I was big on Instagram it was more like I you know I I wanted to be a session bassist and thankfully that's what has become but you know to do that I had to start social media and alongside the full-time bassist thing came the influencer part and it mm. you kind of almost feel like a complete fraud of like you know, I, I didn't sign up for this bit, but now I'm committed and I'm like, I have to provide that content and the, the reviews and the covers. And and then all of a sudden you're you're involved in this job that's like you're still so passionate about. Um, but like you've got this then duty to make sure that you're getting your points across properly and everyone's hearing your, the pedal good. Like, like I said, I'm not good at really recording at all, but you've got these companies sending you pedals and then you're, they're like, oh, can you do a review on it? The review you can do great, but can you prov can you make it sound good? People, does it sound yeah. good to other people? And then this pressure is like 
that is a big responsibility to have because you've got a company's name on the line as well. Hundred percent, and and you don't. It's awful. And like you know, I always when if I've ever done any sponsored content where they've sent me things, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always trying to be unbiased and, and not have my opinion swayed. And it, and then it brings this whole level of like, oh my god, I feel so bad because I did not like this product. Yeah, and and, and, I, and I'm being honest about it. And I, I had to do it to Epiphone. <laughs> oh my really god! Bad. I was like, sorry, Gibson. <laughs> like, they, oh my god! Sorry, Gibson, but it's rubbish. Yeah, these are the things I liked. But I'm going to be honest; like, I didn't like this about it, and all this. Oh. And, you know, you get. Thankfully, this I've not had levels. that. Exactly, exactly, and I never. You know, that's still that's that. still important to have. But I understand what you mean, Daisy, as well. Like, I can't stand social media. Like, I really, I've never had a positive. I mean, I'll tell you what, I had one positive 30 minutes where I did a cover of Sad But True and Metallica shared it on their Instagram oh, story. Love that. For about 30 minutes, I was like, yeah, I'm really good at this. Like, I, I think I might be the best bass player. You know, like that kind of thing. And then, and then like 30 minutes passed and I was like, oh yeah, like what's next? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, great. Yeah. What do I do now? <laughs> yeah. Great. Now what? It's, and then it was like, I got yeah. like a hundred followers from it and I was like, oh. You feel like you constantly have to more. top it. Like, how do I top that? How do I get, mm. like, I've been post, this is not at all a, a brag, but like, you know, earlier this year I was posted by Muse four times and it, after that I'm kind of there like, I've done it. Like, that's kind of all I wanted. I wanted to be yeah. noticed. I've completed that now. But then everyone else is like, okay, so what's next for you? And, you know, also you get the dreaded questions of like, what's going, like, what are you doing that's really big right now? Like, what's, you know, I'm that's yeah. such a loaded question because there's, there's yeah. constant need. Really big right now. Well, right now I'm sat at my desk crying because I think I'm a failure. <laughs> yeah, recording, recording a podcast with two losers. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, and you're Agrees. totally you're totally right because uh, I, I feel the same way when a video does well. I'm like, oh great, oh cool, oh this is great. I'm great at this, and then like I'll have like three in a row that are stinkers, and I'm like, yeah. I suck. I suck at this and I'm going to give up. And like, and that's weekly, you know, that that's yeah. happening. If something does bad, you're like, no, yeah. no more, I'm done. That's why I've, I've stopped caring. Gigs. I've yeah. stopped caring about views. Like my, I don't even know. I couldn't tell you what the views of my last three videos are because like Instagram's algorithm sucks so bad that like, you know, people with 500 followers can get a video with a million views, which, to which is totally awesome. And I love that. But I feel like they should still make it so that if you've worked hard to get your followers, that everyone should be able to get them. Like mm. some people are like, how, how have you, I mean, some people try to downplay the hard work and say like, Oh, you've only got followers cause you're a girl and, and stuff like that. And I get that a lot, unfortunately, Yeah. but I'm kind of there. Like, you know, I, I'm not saying that I don't deserve it, but I think you do. Like, I think you should be able to get followers just as easy as I am. Don't care what you, how you think I got those followers. I'm sorry that you're having that struggle. Like, you know, I, I have the followers, but my, I mean, don't be fooled. I've not gained followers since October last year. I've actually lost followers. I've not gained my videos. Views have been stagnant and I, that's why I don't care anymore. Cause I'm like, you know, they don't care how many followers you got. The algorithm literally doesn't care. It's yeah. It's, it's so weird, isn't it? Like I've had, I remember a year ago I was posting similar, le I'm going to call it similar level of production quality covers that would get in anywhere between like six and 10,000 views. And this is when my, ch this is when my account had maybe, I'm going to say like seven, 800 followers maybe. 
So I have twice that now. I have about about 1,500. And then I'm doing reels that I would say are a, a, a better put together. And some of them are only getting like 200 views. Yeah. It's like, what's or the like point? I would say I'm posting, like I would say on my social media, what I post now is more interesting because it's like I'm using my GoPro, it's 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 gigging, it's more interesting, it's content that I'm not seeing from other channels. Yeah. Like I'm not sat at home, I'm not sat doing content that you do, Daisy. I'm not copying what you do, I'm not copying what Johnny does. I'm not copying what other people I know. It's like I'm just doing my thing. Like yeah. I'm gigging with a GoPro. It's on the headstock. It looks like Guitar Hero. I think <laughs> it's really cool. That's why I'm posting it. I think it looks and great. It's like, it's like the algorithms on, or the Instagram gods have just gone, not today. <laughs> Access yeah. denied. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like wiggly finger, like, no, you <laughs> are searching for validation by posting this and we will not give it to you. <laughs> not today, young man. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I, I find it's like the same where sometimes the really simple stuff, like literally recording a pedal dry and then turn it on play some more that will get like twice the or three times the amount of views I'm just looking at the numbers now uh three times the amount of views than something that's like super polished and like really like you know higher end production like from an intro to one of my main videos or something they'll, they'll, they'll do badly every time it's, ri- like, it's ridiculous <laughs> there's no consistency in it and it it means that like hard work just goes wasted and yeah. You know, I mean, don't let's not be fooled. Like, even a hundred people is still really a really good number. Like, I hate that social media's made it out that you have to get thousands because let's be honest, if we all did a gig to a hundred people, it'd be one hella lit gig. Like, it would be so fun, right? You know, a room full of a hundred people—that's sick. But then when it comes to social media, you think, oh, a hundred. Yeah. Crap. Well, like, then you look at rubbish, and then you go on your yeah. Instagram. You think that crowd was great. You go on your Instagram story. Oh, they've played to a stadium of people. Like, oh, yeah and yeah. it's just this constant cycle of feeling it's like that, the need to do more and like you know you can play to thousands but it's still not enough because someone else is doing sixty-two thousand people in wembley yeah why yeah. would i be playing wembley ru- <laughs> i know it's rubbish isn't it because then you go the other way and go how dare i be annoyed because i get this whereas yeah. there's someone else who you know if you take it like let's pretend it's the size of gigs or something like that it's like how dare I be annoyed that I just played to 2,000 people when I was annoyed that someone else was playing to 20 yeah. Yeah. when there's someone who plays to 30 people who would kill to be in my shoes right now. Absolutely. I yeah. have no reason to be upset. But then you are still upset and then you get that kind of like... It's this horrible feedback loop, I it's call a, it. It's Imposter syndrome of... causes it. It's, yeah. it's impos- It causes you to to feel ungrateful for these things and it causes you to not feel any enjoyment in your job at all and i like truly hate it for that you could you could be having the best gig of your life but as soon as that imposter syndrome kicks in like you make a mistake and you think bloody hell i've done it again like great that's just classic me i'm always making a mistake on that one song and then all of a sudden your complete enjoyment is wiped away from you yeah and you can't enjoy anything because you've got this voice in the back of your head going you're rubbish you can't do this like you don't deserve to be where you are there's other people that would are 10 times better than you that would kill to be in your position right now yeah you know quit your job <laughs> every, so mis- like- every mistake i make which is every song um yeah. like I, I get that exact feeling where i'm like there could be there's 10 bass players down the road that, like that they could get in here in a second and they could just do this and i'm here making a fool of myself you know like, and, and it's, it'll be like one note where nobody's even noticed like our, our 
I had a really bad gig the other day. Or I feel like it was bad. And I was like, oh, I, was so, I hated myself during that gig. Yeah. And I was, I was speaking to the drummer about it. Like when we were tail between my legs, like, oh, like, you know, almost apologizing. Like, oh, no, that was bad. And he was like, man, that was, I had so much fun. Like, it was great. He's like, I couldn't hear any duff notes from you. I, and all I had was bass in my monitor. So I, I couldn't no. hear anything wrong. And I was like, what? <laughs> Are you sure? Are we listening what? to the same bassist? Yeah. Or? Like, oh, <laughs> oh. And, and, then I, and then you start thinking, well, maybe, maybe. Maybe the, the, the people didn't notice and I'm just fixating yeah. on it. You know, you, you start going round and round in circles. Um, uh, f- for me at the moment, uh, my biggest imposter syndrome thing at the moment is with regards to working with brands. And I, I want to make this my full-time job. I, I've got a full-time job alongside doing YouTube stuff. This is not my full-time thing at all. It's all on the side. Uh and I want to start doing like sponsorship packages and things like that. And I, and brands will contact me, be like, oh, do you want this free thing? And I'm like, hey, do you want to like, I could do a sponsored thing or like you can sponsor a video or something. And I'll do like a little demo in the middle of it or something or sponsor segment on the podcast. And I just get this feeling of like, they're going to look at me and be like, who's this guy? Who does this yeah, guy think he you. is? I, so I think he's big enough to ask for this. When I'm here, tr- I'm trying to 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 make the leap to de- get to that next step where i'm like I, I feel like in order to be able to put enough time into all of this to make it something i need that break you know like and i'm it's that thing at the minute where i'm in between two worlds i'm like i don't it's, i'm not good enough you know and all this and i, I can't who is this guy it's exactly that so this yeah. weird feeling. I, t- I totally get you on that point. I mean, I've just actually whipped up my uh, Instagram stats. I mean, you guys will be able to see uh, that, uh, the graph that I'm showing to show. Oh, is that like your followers and stuff? Like, yeah, you, you, I mean. Yeah, you're in, yeah, it's kind of like up and down, isn't well, it? Well, since yeah. since the so. 2nd of March, I've lost 213 followers. Um, it, for not, I find you know, it does fluctuate. Like, it's definitely yeah, it's really I'll, I'll post some I'll post something like I'll post something remotely non-base related. I posted that I went to Slam Dunk. Of course, it you know it's not not going to get as much views as the base stuff. Of course, I'm not many likes, but I'll lose like five followers from it. Oh, and then, you know, why I, are you I, all I, so sensitive? <laughs> and I'm like, I know, but I'm 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 on the follower watch thing at the minute, and I'm like, oh, what, what, who did they see that and go no. Yeah, one no. post. not for me. Goodbye. You know, like I don't do that. I, it's crazy, I, isn't it? It's but I get scared that you know that's a it's a big drop. You know, I would have at one point had the fifty seven thousand, and then I get worried that brands that I've worked with would see me losing them oh, and yeah. think, oh well, she you know she, she's not relevant anymore. You know, stuff like that. Really brutal yeah, comments, yeah, and obviously yeah. that's oh, not the case totally, at all. Totally, and I see that with YouTube where I'll go Whoa, like. Like this. Yeah, and, it's a con- it's I, either when, like a straight line or it's like that, and then it's yeah. yeah. Or when Awful. you're on that straight line, you're like, like, <laughs> what can I do? And like, you get this feeling of just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, I'm making this up as I go along, kind of thing. And it, it just we all are. It's just some people out. are lucky. I d- I don't get how some people do it. That people there's some people out there that are so blessed with the algorithms, and you can spend all your time like thinking, why me? Like, why why not me? But like, really, I don't even think they know why. I think they just accept it and kind of flow with it. And good mm. for them. I'm really glad that there's some people out there that can literally post them sitting in front of a camera just doing nothing and get 50 million views or whatever. 
you know, but like there's other people that just have to, to work harder to make the algorithm favor them. And yeah. it's just reality yeah. and there's nothing we can do about it. I suppose there's like a, there is a positive to that because at the same time, it's like if someone sits and talks to a camera and it's just like, let's just pretend it's just them holding their iPhone on the front camera and that gets loads of views. Yeah, that's obviously brilliant. That's because that's literally how the world works now. Meanwhile, someone else, let's pretend it's, let's pretend it's you, Daisy. You're setting up lighting, you're recording this, you're syncing up the audio, you're editing this, you're doing that, and you're not getting the views. You might not be getting the views, but you are honing a craft. Yeah, you're still time. putting in the like hard you're getting, work. Yeah, you're getting yeah. faster at, you're getting faster at the editing. You're understanding the way the lighting works. Maybe your plane's getting tighter because you're getting used to recording to a click more. 100%, yeah. The, these are things that the internet does not like, but you are getting better as a person. Yeah, like there's I, always a positive. Like, like I do a lot of bar gigs and some of them you're playing to nobody. Mm-hmm. Like you're talking like four people, if that. And like, it's not great money. It's a long gig. You're on stage for ages. You're at home super late. It's like one big but rehearsal though. It's like one big rehearsal. Yeah, there's more people at bloody rehearsal. Yeah. But then uh, you go the other way, though, and you think, well, actually, I've built the stamina now where I can play with my fingers for three hours. Johnny, don't jump at that. I saw your <laughs> eyes light up. Stop it. But it's like, <laughs> wink. wink. But it's like I'm building up stamina. Or it's like, you know, I've just been sat drumming. I've just been sat playing with a drummer for three hours. I'm getting pretty good at seeing where the kick drum goes or kind of seeing how this guy thinks and and it makes me sound better now because I'm locking in better or you know it it's these kind of things there are there are positives that aren't just the views it's just really annoying how it's like it's all about the views it's all about the followers yeah. like the same as you guys were worried about you know oh, oh I've dropped some followers like oh, uh, uh, the brands I work with are they going to drop me they're going to stop wanting to speak to me anymore I'm having a similar thing where I'm trying to bang on the door. Like I, I want to start filming more content like that. I want to start being more involved in that kind of world of social media creation. But I have this thing in my head where I'm like, well, you, you aren't getting enough followers quick enough. Like you, you mustn't be good enough. Like no one's going to want you. You've only got 1500 followers. Whereas I looked at some stats the other day and it was like, if you've got more than a thousand followers on Instagram, you're in like a, I think it was like eight, the top eight percent of the entire platform. Oh, I quite like that. I like that statistic. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's that. Well, it's that thing as well. It's like if you earn more than now, I can't remember the number. It's like if you earn more than thirty thousand pounds a year, and I do. Just to clarify, I do not earn that. I don't think any of us here do. If you earn more than thirty thousand pounds a year, you are technically in the top fifteen percent of income in the entire planet. That is crazy. Oh, wow. Well, that's I like, just I like because these. obviously there's so many people who are earning, well, next to nothing. But mm. it's the same thing with social media. Like, I'll sit there moaning that I've only got 1,500 followers and insanely think in my head, no one will take you seriously until you've got 5,000 followers, 10,000 followers, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 200, a million, whatever. But then at the same time, there'll be thousands of people, thousands of like, musicians who want to be where i am with 200 followers and they'll be like you know there'll be some people but i hate that guy he's got 1500 followers and he sits on his podcast and mourns that kind of thing (laughs) and it's like for those listening i'm really sorry i don't mean it i'm 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 working on being grateful 
it's more like I'm the problem, not you. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, I mean, if this this helps at all, I mean, the first brand sponsorship I got, I had 200 followers. Oh, that's good. Wow. That doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> and Maybe um... I am terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> and I think the important thing is that if a brand is good i mean what most people forget is that brands do not endorse players it's the players that endorse the brands yes and yes exactly the language is backwards now isn't it like yeah. you're supposed to say my name you know my name is chris horrocks and i endorse yeah these sunglasses absolutely it's not yeah. meant to be my name is chris horrocks and i am endorsed by yeah because people people the problem is people view it now like a brand clothing deal would. Yeah. You know, it's like kind of, I am dressed by River Island. Yeah, you know, that exactly. Kind of thing. And it's it so backwards. Like it's supposed to be, I, the individual, yeah. I endorse this product. So you, Daisy, it's like, hi, I'm Daisy, Pe- I'm Daisy Pepper. I recommend Spectre to you. Exactly. Because the brands would be nothing without us. Like, yeah. fact. Like the, That's the, right. There's no one that can take that fact away. And I think people are so focused nowadays on like wanting to be recognized by well, these yeah, brands. Well, yeah, it's like, it's like a, notice me, please give me attention. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, like you, you reach out, like be the, be the person that reaches out to them and goes, hey, I really like your bases. I really like your whatever. Can like, I would love to endorse you guys. And a brand would be so stupid to come back to you and say, no, you don't have enough followers. If they do, run. Like, I'm not going to name the brand. Oh, I can name um, right now. I've got one in the front of my head, but no, I will not. (laughs) I'm not going to name them. Obviously, I don't, I'm not affiliated with them. But, you know, I did see, um, uh, I'm not going to say specifics on like what I saw because it might give it away. But something along the lines of them going, you know, if you've got this many followers and you've got no band and you've got no singles out, um, we're probably not going to endorse you. And I was like, I was in shock when I read that because I thought that is just so not cool. Like that is so harsh and um, entitled. Like, what do you mean if you haven't got this many followers or whatever? Like, that is just so rude. (laughs) I have found something similar with string companies before where they've been mm. like well we're not really taking on artists at the minute we're not really doing this yeah and i'm like, like what do you mean not? like <laughs> why <laughs> you like especially with something like strings that's a just like a disposable thing that yeah buying yeah, a buying, yeah, a buying. It's, a, it's a um i forgot the word for repeat, it not disposable per, the other one like a perishable it's a perishable mm. that's the one you know like that is such a good thing to have influencers on or to have as many names shouting about your product as possible because it's such repeat custom and you're more likely to get new customers all the time. Absolutely. Like, and it's just the, the some brands have the audacity to have that attitude. And I think like us musicians, we need to take the power back and just say like, no, I endorse. And I used to, I, I mean, I'm hands up. I used to think I was endorsed by these companies, but I changed it. I'm an art, I'm an artist for like they can, I'm, I am a spectre artist, but you know, and Spectre technically do endorse me. Like, you know, brands should endorse and be proud to have you as an artist. But ultimately it comes from the artist and it should always come from the artist that they support this brand, they support what they stand for, what they do, the products they make, the quality behind the products. Mm. And, you know, that's that should be it. But, you know, the brands can't turn around and go, we endorse 
Johnny Dibble because he's a quality player. Because it'd be like, well... Because that's a lie. <laughs> because he's not. <laughs> yeah, he's no, absolutely it's, not. <laughs> you're right. And, and it's almost like they think you're getting more out of it than they are. And because that's how yeah. we're, we're like, oh, wow, like it's amazing. But really, they're the ones that are winning. Cause... Yeah, exactly. Because I, I can't tell you how many comments, you know, I've had saying like I went and bought this pedal because of you. I went and bought this bass because yeah. I saw you using it. And I'm like, I'm yeah. getting them active custom. Yeah. Like, and sometimes I, I, know, I, I always want to try and screenshot every single comment like that that comes in. I mean, like, yeah. here you go. This could be I you. do, by the way. Like, you. I actually oh, do. do. And I, I send them. Do. Yeah. I do. Because I, I go like, I just thought I'd let you guys know. Like, I'm, you know, because I think they like to see it and they should want to see it yeah. again. Yeah. If a I brand was, are enthusiastic about what they do. I prime example. I was speaking to um, I was speaking to Matt from from Goliath, um, mm. and he because uh, he sent me this pedal, um, and I did like a uh, like a review comparing it to them. And in the first ten minutes, it that it was up. Somebody commented saying, "So impressed, just bought one." I screenshot it, sent it to him, was like. Uh, 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 and he was like, uh, like uh, hey, it works done. <laughs> like that's all that was it, that paid for, you know. I know. Uh, I had the exact same thing with Goliath as well. Like the like literally someone going like, that's the exact drive like, I wanted, and I was like, yeah, there we go. Know, like, it it works. connected with one person. It was worth it, you know. Yeah. And that's where, and that's bringing it back around to imposter syndrome, where that kind of takes it away almost sometimes when you get that moment. You're like, yay, you know. Yeah, it's like I'm actually doing my job properly. Good to yeah. know. Phew. <laughs> ah, Oh, good. Good, good. There is enjoyment in it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think that's a really nice place for us to tie a knot on. It's something positive on the end. We don't want to be all all doom and gloom. So uh, thank you so much, Daisy, for sharing, especially that last question. I think it's, it's, you know, opening up almost. Like I said, this is your weekly therapy now, you know, Uh, to to open up about those kinds of things. So it's £200 an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's each, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Um, And... Yeah, Anywho. These are my PhDs on the wall here. All these <laughs> um, <laughs> I will get my degree off the wall over there if you want me to. You guys have degrees? I don't. <laughs> Bachelor in Science. Well, that, makes, that makes me feel even worse. It's like it cost me 65 grand to go to uni. I mean, you don't pay it, let's be honest, especially when you earn like when you earn the amount I do. <laughs> my degree is in animal conservation, so... <laughs> That's actually doing? really cool. What am I doing That's with that? That's actually very cool. That's a massive flex. Yeah, right. That is a that is a big flex. You see this zoo? Yeah, I know everything about it. <laughs> this is my base zoo. That should have been the name of my that, channel, base zoo. Nice. Johnny Dibble's base. It's like the We Bought a Zoo. We well, bought the base, base conservation. <laughs> yes. I'm keeping, the, keeping them alive, you know. Keep them Johnny, alive. you are the David Attenborough of bases. <gasps> Oh, and here in the God, wild, we Chris. see I this pea you. base in its natural habitat. <laughs> here we are. My house. <laughs> here we are in my bedroom, <laughs> demoing the new Squire contemporary active jazz bass. <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> yes. You can see it's having a bit of tr- a spot of trouble, you know. Wow. Well, <laughs> you know, the, I, I want to put that in my Instagram bio now, the David Attenborough of bases. Nice. You can do it as a testimonial. I will happily. <laughs> you can put my name like Chris Horrocks, professional session musician. <laughs> yeah, I'll influencer. second that. In the top ten percent of Instagram followers. <laughs> Ex- exactly. You're welcome. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks so much, Daisy, for for coming on podcast. This time. Uh, that's all right. Thank you so much for having me. No worries at all. Any time. I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point in the future because we've had a. <laughs> 
fantastic time. Um, before we go, if you want, like Chris said earlier, to reach out to this podcast to ask questions to the guests or to just Chris and I, uh, make sure you are following myself at Johnny Dibble on Instagram and Chris at that guy on base. Uh, Daisy, if people want to reach out to you, let you know that they love the episode, it's a great time, or, or just to find you in general and to, to you know, keep bumping that follow account up, uh, where can they find you? Uh, I am at Daisy Pepper Base on pretty much every platform. Um, I think even YouTube has now changed to the ads. So yeah, at Daisy Pepper Base is where you can find me. Fantastic. All of the links, lazy stuff. <laughs> lazy? <laughs> That's not what I meant to say. Lazy, to, lazy. La lazy, lazy. <laughs> to, uh, to Daisy's stuff will be in uh, the bios of this on your listening platform of choice. Uh, so make sure you go and click that. Speaking of listening platforms of choices, make sure that you rate this episode five stars on the platform that you're using. It really helps to do with algorithms. You know, we love a good algorithm. Uh, and yeah, doing <laughs> things like favorites. that really helps us. Yes. Helps us reach uh, new people and just grow the audience and, and the love of bass and the love of low end that we have on here. So yes, make sure you do just that. Chris, is there anything you would love to, uh, to talk about to, before we sign off? I actually do have something rather big to, uh, somewhat aggressively plug everyone's really shocked um i'm in another band <laughs> that's right uh, i am in a band called dala which i did with uh two of my friends who i did a lot of touring with and we decided to be pals and we've spent the last 12 months uh writing and recording some songs and uh, in the gap between the last episode and this one we release the first single and it's really good. But it's called Sequel, right? It is indeed. How did you know? But it's the first single. I, I, need, an ex I need an explanation. Look, look I, don't, I don't write the PR, mate. I just play bass. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yes, it's called Sequel. It is available everywhere. If you like heavy music, I think you'll like this a lot. We're bringing new metal back, baby. Ooh. And it's really good. Might have to give that a listen. I think you, should, what, you mean you haven't listened already? Uh <laughs> No, of course, I, of course, I you have. didn't pre, you didn't pre, you didn't pre-save on Spotify. Oh, you didn't pre-save, fake fan. Oh my god! Oh my god! Johnny, delete the episode. <laughs> we're not, gone. we're not releasing this. <laughs> However, I am going to end with a bit of a bit of a humble brag, and I will swing this round actually really quickly because we've been <laughs> we've been speaking about imposter syndrome quite a lot in this episode, and I felt a lot of imposter syndrome when what I'm about to say happened. And I'm disgusted that I felt negatively about what about what I'm about to mention. My band got played on Radio 1 on Monday. We Whoa. got played on the unsigned show. The BBC introduced an unsigned rock show with Alex Holcomb. She said an amazing thing about the track. She said she loved it. She's really excited to check out this new band, you know, see what's what's coming next. They played it. It was amazing. I've never been played on Radio One before. I don't. I've had a few songs played on, like introducing in the past, but just like the local one, which is still obviously amazing. And at the time, that was like the biggest, like a, a big career milestone with me. But this is, this is pretty big. I would argue. I would argue being played on Radio One is quite a big deal. Very, very um, well deserved. Well, thank you very much. Um, and it's quite hard for me to say thank you because, like I said, I kind of felt like we didn't deserve it. But we did deserve it. You like did. We worked really hard on yeah. the songs. You know, we went and recorded them at a great studio. 
We put a lot of time and effort into it. And then that's like a reward of the time and effort. It's, you know, it's being well received. Um, but yeah, it got played on Radio 1. That's a pretty big deal. That's a big career milestone for me. It's something I've always wanted and I'm really glad it actually happened. Thank you for shaking your fists at me. That's very nice of you to do. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of mixed feelings as it was like getting ready to be released. It was like, uh, well, what if people don't like it? That was like the... But then at the same time, after thinking those thoughts for a while, I kind of swung around and went, well, respectfully, I don't care if you like it or not. As long like, as you I, like it, that's I all that matters. I did this for me. Yeah, ex- yeah. yeah exactly. But yeah, um, I'll stop monologuing. It's out now. Please go listen to it. If you like it, that's amazing. And if you do like it, please do give it a share. That would be very much appreciated. If you don't like it, keep your opinions to yourself because uh, <laughs> my fragile ego can't deal with it. So that's my <laughs> plug of the week. Incredible. Oh, yeah, massive congrats, Chris. It's an incredible single. And what a debut, you know, so good. Um, very true, yeah. What a, what, what a debut. What a debut, mate. Oh, uh, debut. The next song will be called Prequel. Exactly. <laughs> Well, um, you're going to laugh your head off because it actually is called. No, it's not. I'm not oh, telling you. Oh, come on, <laughs> I thought come we were going to get a little sneak peek then. Yeah, yeah. Next episode, maybe. Um, maybe. All the links for, for Dala and, and the single can be found in the in, in the link down, down below or wherever it is on your platform of choice. In, in the description, you can find all of those lovely, lovely links. Okay, that about uh, wraps it up for this time. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Ta-ta. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.